know it's a little different. I'm just going to flow right into this. So I was thinking this morning about a greenhouse. And uh, what a greenhouse does is it sets environmental conditions so that whatever is inside of it can grow quickly. And I, uh, for Christians, that's our culture. Whatever kind of culture we create here, that's kind of acts as a greenhouse and it allows some things to grow quickly and it keeps other things out. And so uh, for heaven to invade earth, we have to have the same atmospheric conditions. And so I want to talk to you about one of those atmospheric conditions today. And I'll just say it in a sentence. God's not mad. He's not even in a bad mood. So uh, this, this actually, I'm going to say this sermon in two sentences. And so I would encourage you to listen after this, but here it is in one sentence. God's not mad, but sin is still stupid. Yeah, it's not going to get more complicated than that, but I'm going to use some scriptures. Because I think sometimes we can get God's not mad, and we, we kind of get it at a, you know, in a, in a head level, and we're trying to, but then things happen in our life, and it's just we, we need something more to stand on than just a good phrase or just a good thought. People are saying that God is going to judge America. Let me ask you, is God judging America? Is God judging the nations? I remember years ago, there was an earthquake in Haiti, and people said, oh, this is God's judgment upon Haiti for uh, the voodoo as the, as the national religion. Then Hurricane Katrina came, and they said, oh, this is God's judgment on New Orleans for the Mardi Gras festival. Uh, the terrorist attacks in 9-11, well, this is God's judgment upon America. Uh, many people have said, if God doesn't judge San Francisco for their sins, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Have anyone heard stuff like this besides just me? Okay. You haven't heard it here, unless I've told you about it, but... Um, and so my, my response has always been this. If God does judge San Francisco, he's going to have to apologize to Jesus. There appears to be a real clear lack of understanding about why bad things happen. When bad things happen, people automatically, they just blame God. Oh, this must have been God's will. must have been God's will. And I would say certainly people's individual choices, they have consequences. Okay? There's, there's a big difference between God judging something and reaping the consequences of your actions. Um, God gave us a choice between life and death, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Um, uh, Romans 16, we're going to look at it here in a second. It says that our bad choices can actually allow the devil to have influence in our life. But I want you to get this. Our choices did not affect how God feels about us. Our choices affect how we feel about God. When God said that he loves you unconditionally, it means he loves you regardless of whatever condition you're in. His heart doesn't warm up when you're doing devotions and cool down when you're in sin. He loved Hitler the same way he loved Billy Graham. And if you don't believe that, you don't know our Father. When it says he is love, it didn't say he had love. If God stopped loving, he would stop existing. There are scriptural examples of God bringing judgment on a nationwide scale because of the sins of the people. Uh, Noah's flood, Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me tell you this, gang. There is a huge difference between the way God dealt with people under the old covenant and the way God now deals with them because of the blood of his dear son. There's been a complete new rearrangement. There's, a, there's some guys in the New Testament, James and John, and they're like, hey, Jesus, there's these people preaching your name. They don't even know you. They're not followers. We call down fire on them. They were trying to take an Old Testament anointing and bring it into a New Testament era, and Jesus said, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. I feel that there's so many prophets in the body of Christ today who don't even know what spirit they're of. They're trying to take an Old Testament anointing into a New Testament reality. And Jesus is like, you're not doing that in my, in my authority. That's a different spirit than what I'm sending. Jesus bore our sins and all of God's wrath upon him. Listen to John 12, 32. The time for judging this world has come. Are you guys getting this? 
When is the time for the judging of the world? You ready for this? When Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. When is this going to happen, Jim? It's the very next verse. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. And he said this to indicate how he was going to die. Jesus said that when he was crucified, he would draw all of God's judgment unto himself. He was like a lightning rod that extinguished all of God's wrath. Which means if all of his wrath was extinguished on on Jesus, all he have is grace and peace and mercy and goodness for you. On your good days and on your best days. Welcome to the new covenant. Jesus would bear our judgment so we would never have to be judged for our actions. I know what you're thinking. What about the great judgment? We're going to get there. I can hear your questions. Listen to Romans 5, 9. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Well, I thought when I sinned that God's fierce wrath stored up against me. No, that's the Old Testament. I'm only on page two. I'm going to spank this thing in the face. (laughs) Listen to 1 John 2.2. It says, Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, Too bad for those sinners. No, here's the next verse. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Notice I didn't say everyone was saved. Here's what propitiation was. Has anyone used the word propitiation in the last 24 hours? It's not like a real popular word, hashtag propitiation. Like you don't see a lot of like trending all over the place, right? Here's what propitiation was. It was a sacrificial term, and here's what happened. Is, um, they, would take a, they would take a perfect spotless lamb, and the priest would pray, and he would lay his hands on the, uh, on the lamb, and it was symbolically transferring the sins of guilty people onto someone who was innocent, and then the lamb would be slaughtered, and God's wrath would be, would be abated. It, w- it wouldn't happen. And he's saying, this is what Jesus was, not only for your sins, the saved people, the people who have trusted God with everything they have in and, and, and following Jesus. It's not just for them. His wrath was extinguished for the whole world. I, I'm just reading the scripture here, gang. Like, that's what propitiation means. I'm not making it up. God is not personally judging people or nations today for their sins. He judged Jesus for their sins. I'm going to answer your questions in a second, but just deal with what's in front of you. This is, this is super good news. The religious spirit would want to have all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. What if what I'm saying is true? What if he's better than you thought? What if he's a God the Father and not the angry stepfather? Not everyone is redeemed, but all are reconciled. Here's what that means. All the obstacles to his heart have been removed from Hitler to Billy Graham. You guys understand, like, in your own behavior, Billy Graham and Hitler are on about the same level in front of God. One sin is is as good as a thousand sins to him. We are all guilty, and we're all getting riding in on Jesus Christ's coattails. It's all the same to him. No one is perfect. Just some sins a little bit more accepted in the church. For some reason, gossip's a little bit more accepted than homosexuality. I'm sorry, not gossip, uh, discerning of spirits and sharing it with prayer requests. 
If God has you discern somebody else's sin, it's so that you can get his heart on that matter and deliver his heart to that person, not so you can discern it and share it with other people. Well, I'm not too sure about this person. When I was around him, I just picked up some lust. I'm just not sure about that. Well, if you did genuinely pick that up, God wants you to go and deliver what his heart is for that person to be a person of purity, not to go around sharing with other people. They're scary. They're yucky. Ooh, yuck. Sin. Ugh. That was the old covenant. If you touched a leper, you got leprous. I like how Bill Johnson says it, but under the new covenant, when you touch a leper, they got clean. Stop worrying about spiritual cooties and just start expressing his goodness. I'm not saying it doesn't matter how we act. I'm just saying our actions don't affect how God sees us. I don't stop loving my kids when they blow it and then start loving them when they grovel on their faces and start cleaning the house and do good things. Now, their experience of my kindness is probably going to be in proportion to how well they're related to me. They're not going to know the kindness that's there if they're hiding from me and thinking I'm angry. What was the first thing God did after Adam and Eve sinned? I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to flood the earth. No, no, no. He went looking for them. Adam and Eve, where are you? Where's my friends? The very first thing he does when Adam blows it for all of mankind is he comes looking for them and he wants to walk with them. Remember, he's the God who delights in showing mercy. Now he's got to show mercy because it's in the job description. He really hates that part, but he does it because he has to. He delights in showing mercy. He's the father in the parables who was, who was looking down the road, hoping this could be the day for his son. He's the, he's the woman who lost the coin, sweeping her whole house because what was lost was valuable and it, it warranted an all-out search party. That's who he is. But when we act in an ungodly manner, it does provide a landing strip for the devil into our life. Romans 6.16, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as an obedient slave, you are slaves to whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? Compromise becomes a welcome mat for deception. Judgment from God and sowing and reaping because of poor decisions are two completely different subjects. If you go rob a bank and you get put in jail, it is not God judging you. It is you reaping the consequences of your actions. If you're a big fat liar and it ruins all of your relationships, that is not God judging you. That is the consequence of your stupid actions. If you're hooked on pornography and you can't look at a woman except as an object of lust, it's going to ruin all your relationships. That's not God judging you. That's a consequence of your action. And the good news is, no matter, even in the consequences, he's inviting you into his goodness. And at times he will give you grace that supersedes the sowing and reaping of your consequences. Yeah, but he's angry. I just know it. I just feel it in my spirit. That's the gospel of Satan. Accuser. I'm sure that Haiti's national religion being voodoo contributed to their poverty, and when that earthquake hit, it made it harder for them to recover. But you know what, gang? There's just some natural things in this fallen world. You know what the, you know what the um, earthquake was? You know what caused the earthquake in Haiti all those years ago? It was the tectonic plates underneath its surface rubbing together. Satan doesn't have the power to cause the tectonic plates to rub together. It's just a natural disaster, not God's judgment on them.
when Hurricane Andrew hit Florida, it's interesting, no one was like, this is God's judgment on them for voting for uh, Florida State rather than the Buckeyes. Like, no one was, like, claiming that. Because Florida didn't seem to have, like, any major sin zones. But when Hurricane Katrina hit, uh, hit um, New Orleans, it's God's judgment because of the uh, sin of the Mardi Gras thing. Here's the thing. When I, when I remember when that came out, I remember telling everyone, does God have bad aim? Because the hardest hit parts were the poorest parts of Biloxi, Mississippi, not Mardi Gras. Like, I would have thought, like, if he, you know, if he was really trying to judge Mardi Gras, it would have, like, like, just wiped out the people, like, who had, like, the masks on and the crazy parting. Not, like, when was God aiming for the Canaanites and accidentally hit the Amorites? Oh, ooh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm big and clumsy. Even in the Old Testament, Abraham understood, God, are you going to sweep away with the righteous, with the unrighteous? What was the answer? Of course not. Give me 50. Give me 40, 30, 40, you know. Abraham, the father of the Jews, the father of bargaining. Anyway, so, father of getting the good deal. Guys, there is a future judgment of the world that's coming where the, the wicked will be separated into a lake of fire. Okay? That is called the last day. There is a huge difference in the Bible between the last day and what we are living in as the last days. We're living in the last days. Jim, do you believe this is the last days? Yep, since Pentecost. Acts 2.17, and in the last days, okay, I want you to get this. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, um, this is Peter. He begins quoting an Old Testament passage in Joel. Joel is an old covenant passage. Peter is going to reinterpret this old covenant passage and change the wording to fit a new covenant era. Are you guys ready for this? Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's doing this. Okay, this is the day of Pentecost. He's explaining what all this tongues and all this is is happening. Acts 2.17, he's quoting Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He didn't just say on all Christians. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants. In other words, it ain't just the men that get all the ministry gifts. That's another message. I just throw that out for a little extra offense. Well, the women's ministry is they got the minister to the kids. Like, really, have you read the Bible? Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness. Boy, when did that happen? On the cross. And the moon to blood. Jesus is the moon. He said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. He's a reflection of the sun. He's the moon. The moon, Jesus, was turned to blood. Before the, great, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. The word saved, there is sozo, saved, healed, delivered, prospered, and protected. I want you to get this. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. This is what Peter says under a new covenant era. Here's the original Joel quotation. It will be the great and terrible day of the Lord. The New Living Translation says great and terrible day, but in Acts 2 it says great and glorious day. The NIV says the great and dreadful day of the Lord. But under the new covenant, it's the great and glorious day. Peter takes this Old Testament passage and talks about 
He said, uh, there's the last day will be great and terrible. But Peter says, no, we're in the last days. It's going to be great and glorious because the moon was turned to blood and the sun was darkened. The price was paid for sin. We are under a different era. There will be a great and terrible day when God has to make choices based on what you did with his son. That's what judgment means. You're going to make choices. You're going to make rewards. Okay? We're not in that day. We are in the last days. It's the great and glorious day. Nine times in the Bible, great and terrible day says it's coming. Judgment is coming, but we don't live there right now. I'm just letting it sink in here a little bit. The light is so bright, I can't actually see if anyone's in the audience right now. <laughs> so this is an act of faith that anyone's even left in the room. So I appreciate you guys staying. At least I've got four people here. <laughs> Do you remember when Jesus, he, he had just been baptized. You know, he's in the desert. Uh, you know, goes in the desert, tempted, the Holy Spirit, you know, all that stuff, awesome stuff's happening. He goes into the temple, and he opens up a scroll, and he reads from Isaiah 61. He begins reading about his ministry. He, uh, let's just get this here. Luke four sixteen, And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Now he's quoting from Isaiah, an old covenant passage that was talking about the Messiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He stops, rolls up the scroll, and says, this is what my ministry is about. You know what the very next passage is in the Isaiah quote? to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. Jesus never even finished the passage. He stopped it because it's not the day of the vengeance of our God. We're living in the day of the favor of the Lord. I know the Brownsville song was so catchy. This is the day of the favor of the Lord. This is the day of the vengeance of our God. I refuse to sing that verse every single time. I just repeated the last phrase. It's the day of the favor of our Lord. We're not living in the day of the vengeance of our God. That is during the last day. We're in the last days. It's great and glorious. It's a day of favor. It's a day where his anger's been extinguished. He's been reconciled to everybody. And he's standing there with his arms open with a big giant hug, waiting for you to run into his hug. So he's sending out angels. He's sending out his Holy Spirit. He's sending out us to help them taste and see that he's actually good. If anyone goes to hell, they've had to crawl over a whole bunch of obstacles to get there. What about those who have never heard? Listen, they just look at creation and they'll be drawn to him. He said in Acts, I believe it's 18, he says, God has set the times and seasons where everyone was born and he's made it so that no one will be far from him. If they'll just turn to him, they'll find him. I can't explain it. I just know he's better than I can imagine. And if anyone just begins to get a glimmer of who created all this, boom, they begin to come into a different realm. Colossians 1.20, and by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Past tense. Back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. In God's heart, reconciliation has already taken place. Again, I'm not saying that the whole world is saved. It's just the way has been cleared so that everyone can receive him. His, the Bible says the, um, it rains on the just and the unjust. You know what that means? Rain was a, was a sign of God's blessing. They needed it in, that, in the ancient Near East. Here's what that means. He's good to the good and the bad. Why? Because that's what he's like. 
Not everyone is redeemed, but all are reconciled. From God's side, every obstacle has been removed. Here's what that means. He doesn't have anything against anybody. I'm going to get to him correcting you on your sin in just a second, so just settle down. But unless you understand who's correcting you and why he's doing it, you're going to be hiding behind some fig leaves while he's trying to have a relationship with you. On God's side, there's no obstacles. His heart's fully engaged. It's like receiving a credit card in the mail. You've got access to all these things, but until you activate that account, you can't start using it. I'm not going to explain that one. I'm just going to move on. I'm assuming you get that one. Here's the ministry you and I have been given in the last days. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, Jim, that's just for Christians. He reconciled us. Well, I would agree, except for the next verse. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Who's there? The world, the people who aren't saved yet. He's not counting their trespasses against them. He's not going to count them against them until the last day. But we're in the last days, days of grace. And our message is be reconciled to God. He's already been reconciled to you. I don't know what you believe about God, but he believes in you. Do you need some healing? Do you need a job? Do you need some favor in your life? Let me pray for you so that you can taste and see that he's good because it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. You and I are primarily here to be God's visual aid on earth of what heaven looks like. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Jesus was judged enough? What he did on the cross, was that enough for God? Because if it ain't, guys, if God is still judging, you and I are all in a heaping mess. Yeah. There's lots of stuff that wanted to come out there. (laughs) Hot mess. Stinky. Gang, if he's still judging, then Jesus wasn't enough. And this whole thing's a lie. And you better be on your best behavior and earn it because there's no hope. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. You guys understand, God's not judging you based on your behavior. He's judging you based on Jesus' behavior. When you be, listen, you're not righteous because you do righteous things. You're righteous because you were put into his son, the safest place you could ever be so that every prayer would be heard. All you could hear is his voice and his heartbeat and he could pour out his goodness upon you. He put you in the safest place you could ever be. You're not a sinner because you sin. You're a sinner because you don't know Jesus and you have a sinful nature. And that person needs to die and get born again into a new nature, which makes you righteous. And when you're righteous, when you sin, it doesn't make you unrighteous. It just opens you up to a world that you don't want to have in. And repentance brings you into times of refreshing, which means you can experience the hug from God that's always been there. That, that is, Christ in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses and sins against them. And he's entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 
game. I'm afraid too many people in the church don't have this message. They're actually carrying the gospel of Satan that you're no good, God's angry, get right or get left, turn or burn. That ain't good news. Most people are living in such hell right now they can't even imagine an eternal hell. They need good news now. We are living in a reconciled society saying to people, hey, listen, I don't know what you think about God, but here's what he thinks about you. A way has been made open for you, and while you're making up your mind about what he looks like, let's get your body healed. Let's fix that relationship between you and your kids. Let me give you a little taste so you can taste and see what the Lord is good. Our job is not here to complain about the world, and we're not here to judge the world either. We're here to be a visual aid of what God looks like on earth. What if the biggest problem in America is not drugs or pornography or abortion or poverty or low education or terrorism or crime or the Democrats or the Republicans? What if the biggest problem in America is simply a lack of goodness? The Bible says you overcome evil with Jesus went about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Christians are so busy railing against sin that they're not going about doing good and healing. We try to avoid those who are oppressed by the devil. We make Facebook posts about those who are oppressed by the devil. Hey guys, I got some news for you. This is really going to be revelatory. You know what sinners do? They sin. Stop being surprised. Can you believe what the world is doing? Duh. Why don't you show them a better future? Why don't you show them a better way to live? We think that telling it like it is is being a good Christian. No, it just makes you repulsive to the very people you're supposed to reach. You sound a lot more like Satan the accuser than you do Jesus the friend of sinners. Anyone seeing the disconnect? Are we okay here? Instead of the good news that God isn't angry, he's not even mad, he's not even in a bad mood. Even if you don't believe in him, he believes in you. Let me demonstrate. Instead, we're given the message, you're no good. God's mad. Just read Facebook. Here's what I say. Not this church. Not on our watch. Because we recognize it's the kindness and goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Someone else's sin ain't your business. Again, like I said, if God reveals to you somebody's sin, it's so you can position yourself to deliver his heart to them so that they can experience the kindness of God that will pull them out of that sin. In case you missed it, in case I wasn't clear enough, God is not judging ISIS. God is not judging homosexuals. God is not judging Christians. He is not judging abortionists. He is not judging criminals. He is not judging Democrats. He is not judging Republicans. He is not judging people kneeling at football games during the national anthem. He is not judging presidents and senators and Supreme Court justice candidates. He is not judging you, and he is not judging me. So we should not be either. He has fully judged Jesus, and there will come a day when this world is wrapped up and the books will be open and every person will appear before God, and some will be judged for what they have done if they do not know Jesus. Others will be rewarded so that they can receive praise from God. 
but that hasn't happened yet. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, Judge nobody before the appointed time. When's the appointed time? The great white throne judgment at the end of time during the last day. How many people do we get to judge before the appointed time? Nobody. Feel free to delete some posts when you get home. It's good. I'm speaking to the people on line, not you guys. So. Just so we're clear, <laughs> everybody around us is reconciled to God. We are ambassadors of this message that he's not angry. He wants a relationship with you. He's the same God walking among sinners saying, where are you? And we're to say, this is what it looks like to walk with God. We help them taste and see. Jesus came to put a face on God. You and I are the ones who put a face on Jesus. That's why we're called his body. He delights in showing mercy. Doesn't say he's the Scrooge at Christmas reluctantly giving away tokens of mercy. He loves people. He loves to give. He's generous and kind and merciful. When the Father looks at you, he doesn't see what's wrong with you because he's not schizophrenic. Why do you think the Father put you into Jesus? He puts you like a branch connected to a vine so that the same life that flows through his son is the same life that's flowing through you. And when, he, when there's things that are sucking life out of you, he prunes those things so that you can have a better experience of what you're created to do. Of course he's going to prune you because uh, there's obstacles in the way of you becoming like Jesus in your current state, of you becoming a fruitful branch. So pruning is just part of love, gang. But look where he puts you so that he could transform me. He puts you in the one place where you can always be blessed, where your prayers would always get answered where you could always hear his voice and feel his presence. He puts you into the one place where he can always approve of you because the Father loves you exactly the same way he loves his son, Jesus. You guys realize that you will not be closer to God 10 million years from now than you are right now. You may experience the reality of that in a greater way, but from the Father's perspective, you're in, gang. You are as dear to him now as you will as his son is to him. He puts you in his son. The Father has dealt with sin, and when he looks at you, he doesn't see what's wrong with you. He sees what's missing, and he's committed to giving you an experience so that you don't miss it. That's called pruning. A lot of people don't know this, but the Holy Spirit's actually a genius. God gave him to you to personally mentor you into your destiny. He's full of laughter. He's full of lightness. He's flat-out brilliant in everything in life. And he's your biggest fan. And he loves you. And he's enthusiastic about you. And there's nothing about you that depresses him. And he's excited about showing you stuff. And he absolutely adores Jesus. Everything is his specialty. And there isn't anything that he's not good at. So I'd like to just, uh, as, as we move towards closing here in, in just a second, if there's anybody in here and you do not know Jesus in this way, you've never, maybe you've been on the performance plan or maybe you were dragged here by a fanatic. <laughs> and I imagine God's probably been working on you for a while. But if you're here and uh, you do not know Jesus and you're like, listen, I'm recognizing he's been reconciled to me. It's time for me to stop and say yes, to be reconciled back to him. 
And uh, if that's you, here's what it means to be saved. It means I'm trusting Jesus with my whole life. God, I trust you with my finances, my future, my destiny. You're going to lead this life better than I can do it on my own. I want as much of Jesus in my life as possible. And so if you're here this morning, I'm just going to ask you to do something bold. We're not going to embarrass anybody. We'll probably have lots of people come up front. But um, Jesus said this, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. And so there is just something about being bold and saying, you know what, that's me. Today's my day to step into that. And so you guys are going to have to help me because I really am having a hard time seeing. But if, if that's you today, if you could just raise your hand, just uh, nice, nice and bold. Every, every eye open, every head up, everyone looking around. Anybody in here? You do not know Jesus. Just want to make sure before we move on. All right, if you, uh, if you did not raise your hand but you want to, we will still pray with you at the end, all right? Because God's not mad and we aren't either, okay? <laughs> so, but listen, gang, uh, there is a verse in the Old Testament that says, seek the Lord while he may be found. And if the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart, then um, I, you need to act on it and not let your heart get hard to that stuff. And so I just encourage you, don't walk out of here the same if that's you, all right? So, babe, do you want to come on up? Did you have, yeah, she's going to help us. You guys good? Is that good news? Um, Andrew, do you want to come and play? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, sorry about the lights. Uh, I felt like we needed to keep them low because I, I want to make it as easy as possible for what's going to happen next. And so um, sometimes when the lights are all the way on, it's like there's like there's something mental that happens. We go back and sit in our seats and we change out of the atmosphere that we were just in with the Lord. So that's kind of why we were trying to flow like this today. And so um, so hope that didn't bother you guys too much. Um, but there, I had a, a dream last night, and I know Jim's getting ready to, to add to this and, and give a call to you, but... Um, I might just be speaking to one person in this first thing that I'm going to say, but um, we really felt like this morning uh, we wanted to open up the altar. This is the altar and the river. Um, just to be able to come down and do some business with the Lord again. Um, so if you're hearing my voice, whether it's today on podcast or live stream or you're in this room, I had a dream last night about somebody, and I feel like it's literal, but um, there was a person that wanted to go to a rave party because they've never been. They just wanted to check it out. It, it all started in innocence. You wanted to go try something because you just had never been before. You heard people talk about it, and you just wanted to go see what it was. But when you went, you ended up being sucked in to those things in the party and maybe even drugs and things like that. And that's kind of what the enemy does is he'll, he'll kind of open a door for you to walk through. And out of innocence and curiosity, you go through it. But then maybe you've been kind of uh, pulled into sin. And so this morning, if that's you, you don't have to come down yet. You guys can all come down at the same time when Jim kind of calls you forward. But... Um, I want you to come down today and um, see, I, I believe that if you're sitting in this room today that you've got something powerful inside of you that needs to be unlocked.
And I believe that you cannot live two lives if you want that unlocked. I believe that you cannot live in the grayscale if you want that powerful thing inside of you unlocked. And I believe that this is a time for you to stand up and um, rise up into the thing that you're called to be and who you're called to be. There's lots of positions moving and changing, and that's uh, rearranging for you to step up and be who you're called to be, for you to step up and be a leader that maybe God's called you to be and walk in things that you didn't, you didn't, you've only dreamed about. You didn't ever feel like maybe that was, um, that that was even a capability inside of you. And, um, but it just keeps coming up and people have spoken words to you. And, you know, Jim and I, more than ever, we have felt such a burden to raise up fivefold ministry ministers. And, um, and I believe that there's a lot of you here today. And, um, and so more to come on that, but I just want, I just want to spark something inside of you this morning that there's powerful things that we want to help unlock in you. And I feel like, uh, the harvest is coming and the harvest is here and, um, we have got to be those people, the bride, we're called to be a bride without spot or wrinkle. And this whole, this whole message, you know, Jim's trying to tell you, like, God's not judging you. He's not angry at you. But we're called to be more. We're called to live in the light as the light. And when the harvest is coming, you guys, we need you. We are going to need you to step up and love these people that are coming in. Amen? And I know you want to be those people. And so this morning, I just, I want you to, I just hear the Lord saying, come. Come to me. Come to me, the ones who are weary. <laughs> come, those who have been struggling with sin, come. I just want you to check in with the Lord even. Like, you know, Jim had mentioned gossip. Just close your eyes for a second. Just, just listen to my voice. If you've been struggling with gossip and your tongue has gotten out of control, I know Cheryl spoke on that a couple weeks ago, there's power in your words and it changes atmospheres negative and positively and and gossip is a sin and it causes division and the lord wants unity and the enemy comes in and he tries to cause this division so the church and the bride are torn apart so just check in with the holy spirit and is there a situation god that i've been gossiping have i been slandering someone's name maybe it's sexual immorality Maybe there's things you're doing in secret and, you, and people don't even know. And you have this struggle and you don't want it. You don't want it anymore. Today's the day that God's calling you to come. Maybe you just wanted to taste a drink of alcohol, but now all of a sudden you just can't stop. You're slurring your words. Today's the day God's saying, come, come. Yeah, I feel like the Lord just wants to give some fresh encounters with people today with his goodness. And so um, if we could just have everybody stand. And so if, uh, it's just good to slow down and just make space for the Lord. And so if you're here and you're like, you just need a fresh perspective on the Father. Maybe some of these things you've been wrestling with, just seeing him accurately. Or maybe there's just been some struggles that you have and you're like, God, I want, I want you to prune this thing off my life. It's the grace of God that teaches you to say no, not your willpower. And so you need to experience the goodness of God. And so, listen, 
for any reason you just want to experience some fresh encounters with his goodness, I just encourage you just to come forward. Let's just make some space. So whether it's just new mindsets, maybe you're struggling with issues, you're just like, God, I want more of that goodness in my life. Just whatever that is. I just feel like he just wants to brood over you and just reset some things. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so, man, as you guys are humbling yourselves, God, you've just drawn a bullseye on yourself for grace. Jesus said in Matthew 11, he said, um, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you as a mother hand gathers her chicks. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit just wants to just brood over you, just uh, just to let you know it's all going to be okay. (laughs) You know, repentance isn't so focusing on how bad you did. It's focusing on how good he is, and that's what changes you. So if you if you got something that's going on that's just not right, just, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're pruning this for my life. I don't need to walk with my head held down low. So I just declare freedom for you in that area in the name of Jesus. I don't care if you've been struggling for seven years. Holy Spirit, you're brooding. You're pruning those things off with your goodness so that they can walk in their fullness. Thank you. Just brood, Holy Spirit, brood. Hover. Holy Spirit, just give people encounters with your goodness. on your heart and mind, just talk to him about it. Your voice is his favorite voice. come down, I just encourage you, man, just just press in for his goodness. I mean, he just he loves it. Yeah, God, we just repent right now. We just say we turn from those things in our life. Those things, God, that uh, put a veil up between you and me those little sins that we just consider little and allowed, we drop them right now because we want to be the person that you called us to be. We want that powerful thing to rise up inside of us. We want to be a bride without spot or wrinkle, Jesus. The arrogance, we drop it right now in the name of Jesus. We just speak total dependence on you, total dependence on you, Jesus arrogance. We just drop it right now in the name of Jesus. 
double lifestyle. We drop it right now in the name of Jesus. Lack of self-control, God, we drop it right now. We drop lack of self-control to you. God, we thank you for exchanges. We believe your word. We believe you. We turn from those things, God. It's like there's people in this room and you're just having a hard time just receiving his goodness. Like it's not for you. And so I, I just break that lie off that it's not for you. Lord, I thank you that you've got goodness for every person in this room and every person listening. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would encounter them with your goodness. I just feel hope rising up in some of you. Could it really be true? interesting when Jesus said, you don't know what the kingdom's like? He didn't uh, point to a bunch of religious people, you know, doing rituals. He pointed to some little kids running around playing. Here's what the kingdom's like. There's a bunch of free little kids. So Lord, I just pray that freedom would rise up at another level. To not have to wordsmith everything and just, oh, they can just be. That grace will cover their mistakes. We'll repent quick. Lord, I just feel like I just, you want to just release people from just that performance thing of just being a good Christian. Good Christians are good lovers. We just thank you for the more. We thank you, God, that chains have been broken so we can fly. We thank you for the more, God. Thank you for the more. Yeah, we just break fear of man. Thank you for the more. Thank you for the more. If you want more, just start asking. God, open our eyes to see. Expand my tent pegs. Spirit of revelation, come. Spirit of knowledge, understanding, come. This is not it. What I'm living right now, there's more. There's more. There's more in me. (laughs) He's calling you higher now. Do you want to go? Do you want to go? He's calling you higher. 
Yes, I want to go. Yes, I'm going to go. Higher and higher, higher and higher still. Higher and higher. It's not just a pretty song. I'm going to go higher and higher and higher and higher still. do you want to go? How far do you want to go? How wide do you want to go? How far do you want to go? Dream bigger, dream farther, dream higher. Yes, I want to go. Yes, I want to go. me so and he loves 
verse in Isaiah where he says um, can a mother forget her nursing child at her breast which if you've ever been around a nursing mom that's pretty much her life like there is just no way he said even if she could forget I will not forget you so Lord I just thank you we just want to become more aware of your awareness in our life (laughs) I mean right down to the hairs of her head numbered When a new one grows in or one grows out, you're right there to pay attention to it. (laughs) So if you guys just put your hands on somebody, put a hand on somebody next to you. I feel like there's encounters that we need to have so that we'll believe what he says. If you, I feel, yeah, I just feel like in order for us to believe some of the assignments he has for us, we need that, we need to encounter him. So just kind of move across so that nobody's, No man or woman stands alone. So there you go. Lord, we pray for encounters for the person next to us. Lord, encounter them with your goodness. Dreams during the night that unlock destiny. That, you know, sometimes you have dreams where you're walking in faith, and I think God just wants you to see what it feels like. He wants you to taste your future. So Lord, I pray that that we would uh, have encounters that help us to taste our future to taste the goodness of God, to taste the kindness of God, to taste the power of God, to taste the fear of the Lord. So Lord, we just want you. We don't want just stories about you. We want the real God walking out day by day. So Lord, I pray for those encounters that will lead to faith and the things that you're going to call us to. Because otherwise it's just going to be words. So Lord, I pray for those encounters that give us the faith to believe what you're calling us to do. Just say, Holy Spirit, come on my life in a greater way, in a greater way, right now, right here. Holy Spirit, just mark people right now. next part of that verse after he says even if a nursing mother can forget her child I will not forget you I think he says see I have your name engraved on the palm of my hand thank you Jesus Jesus. just start calling out like what you want to do you know some of you I just feel like you just want to preach like just like some of these things that are outlandish that you you think they're outlandish God doesn't think they're outlandish just start calling them out God I want to preach I want to teach. I want to lay hands on people and then recover. I want to carry fire. I want to knock people down in your glory. (laughs) I want to own a business that's going to change the world and the way people view you. 
I want to dig up your treasures, God. Like, what are those things in your tummy <laughs> that maybe you've never even said out loud? Just start saying them out loud. Because you know what? This world needs to know you're coming. You are coming. There is no more hiding now. This is what God told me. You're not hiding anymore. You are coming out. And that goes for all of you. Say, I'm coming out. I am coming out. I am coming out. <laughs> yeah, God, we bless all those things. I bless these powerful people and powerful dreams. I say yes and amen. And we just declare open doors right now and the right people to come across. Open doors. And God, we just say increase the fire inside of us. Fan the flame. We just thank you, God, that you created hunger, and we tap into your hunger. And right now, we just tap into that river that's even flowing underneath. There's a river, a Holy Spirit river, and it's raging. You know, it's dying for you to pull up on it. So right now, we just pull up on that river, that raging Holy Spirit river. <laughs> Bubble out, bubble out, God bubble. Bubble up, bubble up, bubble up, bubble up, bubble up, bubble up, bubble up. It's not over till it's over. It's not over till it's over. Second chances are coming now. Second chances are coming now. Da da da. You thought it was over. Some of you thought it was over, but it's not over. Brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. Brand new opportunities coming. Brand new opportunities coming. Brand new opportunities coming to the silver foxes. To the silver foxes. Get ready, silver foxes. Get ready, silver foxes. Open your eyes. <laughs> Open your eyes. It's a new day for new ways. Oh, he's going to pour it out. Oh, he's going to pour it out. pour it out God and we say yes we're going to drink it we're going to drink of you all that you have God we're going to drink it up we're going to drink it up all that you have God and then we're going to pour it out oh just pray in the spirit back anymore because who cares when man thinks oh, new boldness new boldness new boldness coming from the raging river new boldness coming from the raging river oh, 
Coria darasia mocotia dará. Iria darasia coia. Oia narará o que andará. Iria narará e you guys receive a gift this morning I want you to get with one other person and I want you to give him your gift Andrew had you take out your hands this morning and he said God's giving you a gift and you received a gift and I saw you guys giving away that gift so I want you to turn to the person next to you and put your hands on him and I want you to say I give you my gift that Jesus gave me because he's going to give me more and he wants you to have this because what he gives us we give away because we're a conduit we're a conduit for his love we're a conduit for his power oh yeah now bless the gifts bless it over the person bless it bless it God we bless the gift that you've given today and we ask for more we ask for more gifts so we can give more gifts away more <laughs> gifts so we can give more gifts away Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, da da da, yeah, oh, yeah, da da. Oh, yeah, da da da. Oh, yeah, da da da, yeah, oh, yeah, da da da. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. seal these gifts we seal what you've done this morning and we say we are not going back because that's what repentance is it's turning from one thing and going to you so we say we are not going back we thank you holy spirit for helping thank you for being our helper thank you for convicting us of our righteousness who we are and how great we are in your presence Just thank him. Thank you, God. Thank you. 
one point during worship we uh, sent it out and so I just want us to I, I just like this phrase no one is safe from a blessing so I want you to just think about those people who uh, don't yet know the goodness of God and I want to just take some time maybe some of them are on the wailing wall and so um, but we just lift up those names to you and we pray that they would experience good news this week 
And Lord, if you want to use us, God, give us some ideas, a word, a text, just whatever it might be. Let us run into them. Let us just somehow, God, uh, let us be the one who helped them taste and see. We just declare that they are not safe from your blessing, that your kindness will lead them to repentance. And Lord, I pray for that encounter this week. Just lift them up by name, whoever those people are. pulling arrows out of each other. And so one of the uh, pictures in Ephesians 6 is a picture of the uh, enemy having flaming arrows of attacks, just kind of a picture of just a demonic attack. And so, um, I don't know, sometimes it manifests itself in worry, freaking out, anxiety, whatever it might be. But um, you know what? Why don't you just reach over to that person next to you? Pretend there's an arrow in their back spiritually. And in the count of three, you're like, Jim, this is weird. Yeah, I know. I'm not even going to try to defend it. <laughs> I'm just trying to honor the word. So, uh, Jesus, we thank you that uh, you have extinguished all the flaming darts of the enemy. So, Lord, we tap into that realm of faith where that becomes so. That we hold up that shield of faith. And let's uh, count counted three. We're going to say in the name of Jesus and pull that thing out. One, two, three. In the name of Jesus, oh, we extinguish those arrows. Lord, we hold up our faith and we just say no. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when you guys came in, um, hopefully most of you or all of you got, uh, we've got a project here called the Normandy Project. And so it was in response to a vision. Um, part of it is a prayer room over the city, and part of it uh, is it's a, it's a building overlooking the state house. And part of it is going to be uh, two floors for girls coming out of human trafficking. Once they're clean and sober, a lot of times the funding runs out, and they really need a place to stay and a place to continue to get healed and grow. And so this is that. And so we are uh, looking to close in that building at the end of the month. So it's very exciting. And so, but to renovate the building, we're having a benefit dinner. And so I just want to just take a moment, and if you haven't invited anybody yet, I want you to just, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to get some names. Last time I did this, I got a couple of names, and uh, this morning I got another one. And so I want us to just, Holy Spirit, just show us who uh, we might need to partner with that we can bring into this uh, event that, uh, Lord, will want to sow into this, that will want to invest in the lives of uh, some of our most broken and to see them restored and to become the rebuilders of this city. So, Lord, just uh, we are responding to your word and responding to your visions. But, Holy Spirit, right now, we want to partner with you. Just show us names. Show us faces. of uh, Guys, I'm imagining it could be your bosses. It could be uh, someone you know that has a heart for the city, that also has resources, whatever that might look like. Holy Spirit, just show us who to invite. 
So the, uh, the benefit dinner is uh, Friday, uh, November 9th. And so it's coming up. It'll be at the McCoy Center. And so uh, $75 per person, table at 10 for 600 And so we have got, uh, there's lots of tables left still. And so we're just asking you guys to partner with us. And so we're looking to get 500 people there. And so it's not going to just happen. And so uh, just, hey, take that step of faith, invite somebody, buy, buy a seat for them if you need to, whatever that looks like. But uh, we're asking you guys to partner with us on this because time is short. We've got James Maloney. I'll be here this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, there's no need to register, but um, if, if you want to see some crazy healings and just be encouraged, uh, James is uh, James is the best. And so we'd love to have you guys with that. And so if we could have our ushers, if we could, um, yeah, if we got, got the, I, I see the buckets. They used to be plates, and then they were baskets, and now we've got buckets. And so I'm not sure what's happening, but I like all of it. So what's that? Oh, it's a flower pot. Oh, so it's like we're putting seeds in there. All right, I get it. I like it. Yep. So you're putting your seed in the flower pot. I like it. So there's a couple of different ways you can give up there. And so we just thank you guys for your faithfulness. We, uh, man, it, it's an honor to, to run with you guys. If you're giving pledges to the Normandy Project, uh, make sure you write Normandy on the envelope or in the, in the check line. So we'll make sure we count that separate. And there's a box in the lobby if you ever want to just give separate to Normandy. It's marked separate for that. I'm glad there's still some people left here. If it is your first time here, I can't believe you made it this far. You're already our kind of people, so God bless you. We are, uh, so is there anyone here It's your first time? First time? There you go, right over there. Let's give them a hand for being brave back there. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Right, thanks for letting us try to, try to move with the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, and uh, we look forward to sowing into this city and what you want to do. So bless the gift and the giver in the name of Jesus. So ushers, go ahead and ush, whatever that looks like. And so thanks for your generosity. But again, guys, we, uh, we, we cannot do this benefit dinner without you. And so if you're thinking, well, they don't really need my help. Yeah, we actually do need your help. So if you want to uh, serve on the day of, there'll be lots to do there. And uh, there's a silent auction and just all sorts of good stuff. And this is going to be a non-churchy type event, just so you know. So uh, we're not going to be talking about the prayer room displacing principalities over the city. We'll be focusing mostly on the Turning Point House with the girls coming out of human trafficking. Um, I'm kind of working on the talk I'm going to do, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, yeah. Ancient wisdom says, that's code for the Bible. So anyway, so we'll, uh, we'll make it that whole thing. But just so you know, it's not going to be like a Zion service with like prophecy and healing lines messages and tongues. It's going to be geared more towards, uh, you know, hitting the hearts of fathers and mothers of this city to use their prosperity for a purpose, to get girls out of human trafficking.